This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, Houston took on Baltimore. Houston did hang tough in that first half, and Baltimore obviously pulled away late. I'll just ask you, what, what happened with Houston's offense, though? I mean, it was a complete no-show. Um, I mean, we could talk about what Baltimore did defensively, but... I, I don't know. Just from a visual standpoint, I don't think Baltimore did anything crazy. It just felt like Houston couldn't get anything going on the ground against a team that had been giving up a lot of production on the ground, which is surprising. Um, and, and Stroud just kind of sort of looked like a rookie. You know, he looked a little bit confused, couldn't connect. Uh, they took away Nico Collins, and they didn't really have a counterpunch to that at all. So I don't know. In, in your estimation, what happened with Houston's offense in that game? Yeah, the lack of a counterpunch really is – you said that so well because that's my big takeaway coming out of this game is, you know, for one, you know, it was neck and neck in the first half and then Baltimore decided to put their foot on the pedal in the second yeah. half offensively and Houston just didn't have the gas to keep up with them. Yeah, like they, they can't do that at this point because like we talked about in the last episode, the way that Baltimore mixes and matches their coverages um, like they're not top 10 from how often they play any individual coverage except cover six, like I mentioned, which is right. able, we're able to do the quarter, quarter, half stuff. And because of that, like, because how they can change the picture, they're uniquely, you, they're uniquely positioned to give a rookie quarterback. I don't even care if it's a great, one of the all time great rookie quarterbacks is CJ Stroud. He's still not a guy that's like seen every coverage and all that type yeah. of stuff. They're uniquely positioned to give him trouble. And because of that, because of the communication and, and the way they can, you know, play cover six and all these like take away vertical shots, they're uniquely positioned to take away a number one receiver in Nico Collins. And then when you drop off to Robert Woods and John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson, like these guys are especially Woods at this point, and like Mechie has proven nothing to this point in his career. Yeah, um, Xavier Hutchinson is a, is another rookie. Like, I mean, first of all, just, it's crazy that it's crazy that the loss of Noah Brown, Noah Brown right. was, uh, was actually impactful for this Houston offense. Exactly. And I mean, obviously they had tank Dell forever. Right. Dalton Schultz is a solid tight end, but they don't have anybody else that comes close to scaring you. Uh, after Nico Collins. Like, that's yeah. just the long and short of it. And you mentioned the run game. I mean, their run game is awful. It's been awful all year long. They ranked 27th in rushing success rate in the regular season. Devin right. Singletary had a long run of 16 yards and finished the day with 22. Oy. So that tells you how his day went, and that's been about how it's gone all year. They just don't have a starting quality back that fits their system. Because obviously I Damian Pierce... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. Damian Pierce, 100% not that guy, did not fit the scheme at all. But when I thought they actually were able to generate a pretty darn good rush, actually, with Devin Singletary once he was installed as the clear-cut, 100%, this is our dude, we're going with the starter, uh, Devin Singletary's our guy, um, it's not Damian Pierce. I, I actually thought that he put together a, a quite a few string of, of really good games, um, where I was actually relatively impressed. And, and again, he completely fell on his face here um, against Baltimore. And and again, credit to Baltimore. But just keep in mind, coming into this ball game, Baltimore had been giving up a ton of production. Between um, weeks 10 to 17, Baltimore had been giving up nearly five yards a carry to opposing running backs, and that ranked um, in the bottom five in the NFL in that time stretch. Uh, 4.99 yards per carry to opposing running backs, uh, ranking 31st out of 32 teams, right? So second worst yards per carry average allowed to opposing running backs between the weeks of 10 and 17. Not counting 18 because of, you know, obviously everyone was sitting everybody. But um, but yeah, in that stretch, they, they could have been run on, and Devin Singletary 
had a pretty good string of games when he was, you know, averaging, you know, damn near five yards a carry uh, in the back half of the season. So um, I was surprised, but you're right. You know, you would like them to see have an upgrade at the running back position, but just for yeah. what we got in this game, nine carries for 22 yards. That's uh that's tough. By the way, according to next gen stats, negative 25 rush yards over expected for Devin Singletary in that ball game. That's not going to get it done. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They were 31st in rushing success rate allowed uh, from weeks 10 to, to 18. So, um, yeah, that that had been – and I, I bet the Texans knew that number and probably tried to establish a ground game because they, they have been very insistent, bordering on stubborn in trying to establish their ground games at, <laughs> Correct. Their ground game at time this year. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think they fell a little bit victim to that at times where it probably would have been better to just go ahead and – yeah. be aggressive and throw the ball a ton, but they couldn't really get that going. And it's just once they fell behind, then it's like, well, the ground game just doesn't even matter. But yeah, I'd like right. I, I'd like to see them add somebody at the running back position that could really, not just from a rushing perspective, but also just a pass game perspective, be a little bit more of a contributor um, to give this team a counterpunch. Because yeah, I mean, once you take away Nico Collins, and like Nico Collins is a really good player. I mean, he's played like a top 10 receiver all year long. Totally. But just the drop off from him to everybody else is way too steep. Nico Collins, 10 targets, five grabs for just 68 yards. Um, and by the way, of those 68, 47 of them came after the catch, man. So uh, Baltimore did a really good job boxing him up outside of, you know, just maybe a couple of plays, man. So um, really good work by Baltimore there. Um, okay, so, you know, does, does, does Houston have enough, in your opinion, moving forward to kind of just sort of build on these guys and just let these guys marinate and, and cook? And, and basically develop into one of the top passing offenses in the NFL? Yes, but no. I think they have enough from a number two and a number one receiver perspective. Like, I wouldn't go out and be adding a uh, T. Higgins, right? I don't think I would be trying to take a receiver in the first round or something like that. But okay. I do think receiver is a need. I think that they – because, look, injuries happen. And Tank Dell will be coming back from an injury. Um, I don't think you want to be in a position where you're having to rely on – Robert Woods and John Mechie and like, oh, no, Noah Brown's hurt. Like, what are we going to do? Um, I would be looking to add maybe a veteran, uh, maybe like a mid-tier veteran to this room. Um, I think you could probably stand to add another dynamic tight end. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think, is only on a one-year deal. Yeah, one-year so deal. They'll have mm -hmm. to, yeah, so they'll have to bring him, bring him back or – and I, and I think bring him back and add on to that, like with a you know developmental rookie, some guy that you know will go in the second round of dynasty drafts for no reason or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. You know, wow. just because like I love like it. a Jelani Woods type. Uh, sure. I mean, and, and I say that as somebody that's still waiting on his Jelani Woods bag Good. to cash in. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> I'm I am taking a shot at myself when I say that. But yeah, when I look at like. You know, mid-tier receiver ads. Maybe you add like a Curtis Samuel type, or you Ooh. add like a, you know, um, a Kendrick Bourne's coming off an injury. But that would be the type of like veteran receiver I'd add here. That's not going to threaten Nico as your one, or not going to threaten Tank Dell as your as your two. Um, but you know, you're adding somebody that could be like a legit. Um, a three, you know, and I mean, I think Samuel could pass as a two, but he'd be the three in this room. Maybe like a Tyler Boyd, although I don't know, 
Tyler Boyd might not be that good anymore. Nah, so, nah, 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 nah. Tyler, yeah. yeah, we're 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 over Tyler Boyd. <laughs> um, how about okay? I know this is not a popular opinion. Um, does Gabe Davis add anything to this room at all? Just as a clear out type of dude? Uh, again, you know, number three wide receiver. You know who the number one and two are? I thought about that. Yeah, Gabe Davis. I mean, how much? He, he's a good blocker too, so that would be a good fit in this offense as well. Um, I would love somebody with maybe a little bit more slot versatility. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tank Dell can play inside for you, but he can also – like that would be kind of nice. Like, hey, you, you've got him as your movable chess piece. They like to move Nico around a little bit. Nico's not like that vertical – like he he could do it, but they love to have him run those in-breakers, right? Like you can clear the, out the trash with sure. Gabe Davis there. Um, yeah, that's sort of, that's definitely like the ballpark of player. I'd be, I'd be kind of shopping in. I just, I have no sense of like what Gabe Davis's market would be. Same. Um, no clue. Like I could see some dumb team <laughs> overpaying for him. I mean, we're extenuating circumstances, obviously because of the connection of the quarterback, but like we're not, but 365 days away ago, did a team pay Al Lazard $44 million for no reason. Uh, so like, why man. could a team, a dumb team not do that with, uh, with old Gabe Davis? I could see it, but that is sort of, yeah, ballpark of player. I'd be shopping in like a Josh Reynolds. He's, he's going to be a free agent this year. Um, even if Josh like, hey, Reynolds doesn't go back to Detroit, I don't. I mean, I would be surprised. Can he do anything anywhere other than with jo- with uh, with Jared Goff? Don't break up the uh, Rams revenge game. <laughs> That's what I mean. Come on, dude. You know, let's make that happen. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 